0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now.
1: Sometimes the most profound truths come in the simplest of words. Let, let me say that again. Sometimes the most profound Breakthrough relevant truths come in the simplest words, and actually they arrive in the most mundane ways. And when I was thinking about this statement, it reminded me of this amazing poem. I want you to take a moment with me, guys, to listen not only with your ears, but listen with your heart. Okay? The name of the poem is When I Was Diagnosed with Cancer. That's the name of the poem. Listen to this. My first friend came and expressed his shock by saying, I can't believe you have cancer. I always thought you were so active and healthy. He left, and I felt alienated and somehow very different. My second friend came and brought me some information how different treatment's being used for cancer. He said, quote, Whatever you do, don't take the chemotherapy. It's a poison. He left, and I felt scared and confused. My third friend came and tried to answer my whys with the statement, perhaps God is disciplining you for some sin in your life. Well, he left, and I felt guilty. My fourth friend came in and told me, if your faith is just great enough, God can heal you. Well, he left, and I felt my faith must be inadequate. My fifth friend came in and told me, Remember, all things work together for good, and he left, and I felt angry. My sixth friend never came at all, and I felt sad and alone. My seventh friend came, and he held my hand, and he said, I care. I'm here. I want to help you through this. And he left, and I felt loved. Now, I believe with all of my heart, guys, that this poem serves to illustrate what the Apostle Paul's heart is as he writes the letter to the church of God in Corinth. I believe it was just like, wow. And now, now let me remind you why. The Apostle Paul's heart, guys, above all else, is to remind us that we serve a God, listen to me, who knows what we're going through and a God who comforts us in all trouble. That's Paul's heart. I want you to think about a moment, um, just for a moment, think about Paul, okay? He writes this in verse 5. He says, for the sufferings, right, the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our comfort also abounds through Christ, okay? And, And you go, okay, so what do you mean? Now, I want you to take a moment early in our Bible study and put on your thinking caps, okay? What Paul is going to tell us is that his own sufferings, the things that he's gone through, our own sufferings, right, is identified first and foremost with the sufferings of Christ. That's what he's going to tell us. As a matter of fact, if you're taking note in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 10, Paul writes this. He says, "What they did to Jesus, they do to us. Trial and torture, mockery, murder, what Jesus did among them, he does in us, he lives." And then he writes over in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10, he says this. Now this is not a, this is not a t-shirt verse, I guarantee you. This is not a coffee cup mug verse. Why? Because in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10, this is what Paul writes. Listen up. He says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. That's not going to get you up in the morning. Okay? Yeah. How do you feel? I feel great. I'm ready to suffer like Jesus did. But they killed him. I know. That's not how we are. If we're really honest, that's not how we are. We want to get up and we want to rah, rah, hallelujah, amen. Let's take the world by the storm. Let's do this. Paul writes, I want to know him. And if I can be honest with you, I don't know if I really want to pray that prayer to know Christ in his sufferings, although I want to know him. It was Pastor Mike McIntosh who in San Diego prayed that he wanted to know Jesus so immensely, but then he went through a series of sufferings and trials that we all watched him at the conference and went, hmm, do we want that? Do we want to know the Lord that way? So we know that Paul's suffering was to be identified with Christ's suffering, amen? And we know that the word of God says that he suffered so that we would be encouraged. But I want you to know the things that he suffered. Now, you don't have to turn there, guys, but you can just listen because I'm going to read them out of the New Living Translation. It's a little bit easier to understand. But listen to the way, the how Paul suffered. And I want you to compare them to your own lives, okay? Listen to what Paul says. 2 Corinthians 11, you can look it up later, verse 23 to 33. Listen, here's what Paul writes. He says, Speaking of these super apostles, he says, are they servants of Christ? Are they serving God? I know I sound like a madman. But Paul says, but I've served him more. He says, I've worked harder. I've been put in prison more often. So the first thing that we see is Paul is in prison for his faith. All right, Alex, put your hands in your hair. Let's go. What, what, what am I being charged with, bro? What? Because your faith in Jesus. Let's go. What? No, no, no. I have rights. This is America. Really? Paul goes on and he says this. Check it out, guys. This is part of his suffering. He says, I've been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number. faced death again and again. So not only was Paul put in prison, but he was whipped. Hey, wait a minute, sir. Why are you whipping me? What did I do? Well, you're preaching this Jesus thing, and you need to pay. Wow. And, then he, and, and it, I mean, it even gets worse. Check about this. Listen, five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Five different times he stood like my Jesus and he got whipped. Now, you guys know the scourging and the lashes would often kill people. You knew that was brutal enough. And it's brutal enough. I mean, one time, one time, hey, whoa, one time's enough. <laughs> and Paul says, five times they did it. He says this Three times I was beaten with rods. Once, he says, I was stoned not the colorado way okay guys the with rocks okay so don't be like wow no no he was think about it stoned wow three times i was shipwrecked once i spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea i've traveled on many long journeys he says i faced the i faced danger from rivers and robbers i faced the danger of my own people trips me out doesn't that trip you out He says, My own people have turned on me, the Jews. And he goes, As well as the Gentiles. He says, I face dangers in cities, in deserts, on seas. He says, This one, check it out. Ready? I face danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. This is how Paul's suffering. He says, I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry. And thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then, besides all this, I have the daily burden of my own concern for all the churches. Who is this weak without my feeling that weakness? Who is led astray that I do not burn with anger? If I must boast... I would rather boast in the things that show how weak I am. God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is worthy of eternal praise, knows I'm not lying. When I was in Damascus, the governor under King Artus kept guards at the city gates to catch me. I had to be lowered in a basket through a window in the city wall to escape from him. That's what Paul writes. That's what Paul writes. Now, when I compare that to the sufferings that I have, I'm not even on the C team. I'm not even gonna see the field. You guys know what I'm talking about? Hey man, I've been, been suffering for Jesus, bro. Yeah, really what they do. You know what? They got my coffee wrong at Starbucks. I knew it was a spiritual attack because I told them to sweeten and lows, and they didn't put him in there. Now I'm being silly, but you guys know how we are, right? A lot of times we go, man, I'm under I'm under spiritual attack. Wow, I was on my way to church, I got a flat tire. It wasn't all the nails you rolled over. Just just saying, you know, you got to. I get that. I get that the enemy wants to keep us from coming to church and being part of the fellowship, right? I get it. But I've never been shipwrecked. I've never been in prison for preaching the gospel. Oh, yeah. Listen, I'm a real tough pastor right here. Man, praise God. If they come in, I'll have a jail ministry. Really? I would hope so. I would hope so, but Paul says, man, I've suffered for the Lord. I've suffered. And I truly believe, help me, church, I truly believe that Paul earned the right through the sufferings to be able to encourage us and to comfort us during our times of trouble. I believe that. And I don't think, and I think somebody prayed earlier, I think it was Pastor Soph, he prayed earlier that the Bible's relevant. We have to look for, I mean, it is. And so you go, yeah. So Paul's wanting to encourage us and we're right in the midst of this pandemic. We're right in the midst of COVID. We're right in the midst of people going, okay, listen, I'm not not going out anymore. And I thought, wow. Even during an unprecedented time in history, dealing with COVID, dealing with the pandemic, we can see that people are still like this. Do you realize? You go, what do you mean? Guys, I don't know. Help me out here. Have you seen people that are still fearful? Just really, just really. I mean, maybe in your own neighborhood. Maybe, maybe just some people. I mean, yeah, we got some people that are like, man, let's go. Praise God. I trust the Lord. But there are also people who are really, really scared. And I was talking to Brother Joseph the other day. As yesterday, as a matter of fact, and I said, "Listen, what we got to do is we got to be sensitive." And I'll tell you why. Because the boogeyman's the boogeyman to the person who sees it. And even though you check the closet and you look under the bed, and you're they're still scared. And that fear is real to them. Can I get an amen? So we're sensitive to that. We're well, okay. Okay. Listen, you just need Daddy to hold you. I understand that. I understand that. But I believe, guys, right now, people are fearful. I, I believe people are confused. Okay? They're getting all kinds of media, all kinds of stuff from all different sources. You, should we wear a mask? Oh, know. should we? I don't know. And so we're all, like, going just, you know, crazy like this. And and, and, and so they're confused. And I got to tell you, they're worrisome. We all try to be strong. How you doing? I'm doing good, bro. Amen. I believe some people are anxious I would even go as far as saying people get depressed would you agree how about angry people are angry we're all on this le- listen here's this is what tripped me out man this is I'm just like wow now here's what I want to say guys let me paint the picture okay contextually in context why is context important Because if if we don't stay in context, we can make it a pretext and make it say anything we want, right? So I could preach a whole COVID sermon on this text and really pull it out and make it say whatever I want to say. But let me give you the context, okay? The context is so important because I don't want to stand before a holy God and say, oh, yeah, I wanted numbers. I want to stand before a holy God and say, this is what what it is. Paul is writing to a church to correct some problems. This church was swayed by false teachers and they stirred up people against Paul. Paul sends Timothy to Corinth to deal with these difficulties, and upon his return, he is just rejoiced that, that, they are, that, that they've had a change of heart. Now, most of them, but not all of them. So he writes to express thanksgiving for their repentance and also to offer encouragement and comfort, okay? So that's context. But I want to apply them to our lives today, okay? I want to reel it in, if you will, to 2020. How so? We are in a major pandemic. Pastor, you said that. But it's but it's not the virus that I'm worried about. It's the fear. Guys, do you realize that during these last 2 months we've seen a huge rise in unemployment? The the small businesses are not gonna I've seen so many people they're they're closing their doors for good. Things we took for granted. Unemployment's on the rise. Yeah, no, Pastor, but we're getting stimulus. We're not stimulated enough. And if we are, where is that money gonna come from? A stimulus is to stimulate the economy, but most people just, just just pay their bills. Just enough to make it through that month. Are you with me? I've also seen that worry, guys, is an all-time high. Depression and anxiousness. And here's what tripped me out. Did you know that liquor sales have shot through the roof during this time? You know who's not going out of business? Did you know that during this time, guys, that child abuse is at an all-time high? Did you know, guys, that I looked the other day and the suicide hotline was up 800%? I think we need some hope. I think we need some encouragement this morning, some comfort. No, we haven't been shipwrecked. We haven't been beaten with rods. Okay? We still have our coffee. Starbucks is still open. But... We're living in a world that's really, really scared right now, so as you come into our text, guys, if you're taking note, here's what Paul's gonna break this down okay he's gonna give us the salutation like he does first first couple of verses okay is is all about about salutation. hey this is paul and then and then from verse three to eleven he's gonna give he's gonna share God's goodness, okay. So that's where we pick it up, guys. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, notice what Paul says. Notice, Let's get the encouragement. Paul says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is in Corinth, with all the saints who are in Achaia, Grace to you and peace from God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to see the greeting. This is amazing, right? This is amazing. Why? Because there's just so much here and there's so much that we got to glean from it. Let's do some work to impact these verses. We know that Paul is the Apostle Paul. Okay? Whenever you wrote a letter back in this day, here's what you would do. You would say, this is who it's from. Now, our day is a little bit different. We say, you know, to whom it is, hey, I'm going to write to Alex, dear Alex, and I tell him blah, 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 blah and then I say, he'd have to turn it over to see who it's from. Not, Paul says, this is Paul. Everybody got that? Well, who is Paul? Paul, do you guys remember, was, he used to be Saul, right? And he used to be Saul of Tarsus. He was a persecutor of the church until he met Jesus face-to-face on the road to Damascus. Now, here's what I want you to see. Here's how I want us to inventory our own lives, okay? We know that real change will be in our heart when we meet Jesus face-to-face. That's when true transformation happens. There are people who can go to church, nothing wrong with going to church. There are people who could go to church all of their lives and never, never meet Jesus, I heard a story of a 72-year-old man who attended church for all of his life, came forward, and got saved. And the pastor asked him, he goes, no, no, you've been in our church for, for 50-some years. What's the matter? He says, I've attended church, but I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. And today I heard. Wouldn't that blow you away? Because we naturally think, well, you go to church, you do, you know, you're a great giver. But, we, but Paul Saul became Paul when he met Jesus face to face. You can find that story in Acts chapter 9, by the way. We learn that Paul is an apostle, one born out of due time, okay? You can go back, you can look at Acts, you can see how they picked Matthias, they were studying the scripture, Peter does that, that's a whole other sermon, but now Paul says, I'm an apostle, and he says something very interesting, Why? the the word apostle is sent one by Jesus Christ so we get our root word missionaries when we send you out different places but do you guys realize that we're missionaries in our own neighborhoods and we need to be we need to be sent out from our houses in our neighborhood i think when this whole um, pandemic started i don't know we we did a neighborhood worship okay And we put on music and we invited the whole neighborhood. You guys would not believe this. You guys would not believe this. Okay. All we were doing is, okay, we're going to set up a speaker. We're going to play just some worship songs. And we just want the neighborhood to come out. And it wasn't preaching. It wasn't church. Do you know how many people said, took the flyer and said, no, I go to this church. No, I go to this church. Uh, we're not, we're not inviting you to church. We're just saying, come out in the neighborhood and worship with us. We want to be, be strong together. But you saw how cool it was when all of a sudden we put the music and the neighbors came out there. Oh, they're, oh, they're strong. And then these neighbors and this neighbor. And you're just like, wow. We need, we need to be sent in our neighborhood, guys, to tell people about Jesus. That was the first time part of my eyes were opened that the church is not the building, but really go out. Paul is an apostle sent from God. But notice what he says, and here's what's key. And here's what he wants. To, he says, by how, guys? By the will of God, through the will of God. Paul's going, listen, I didn't choose it myself. I didn't choose it. Listen, I was going to persecute, and God showed up. And he says, I'm an apostle by the will of God. And I think that's important. Why? Because your calling is not going to be you going, hey, I choose to be, I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to be a missionary. God has to call you. God has to call you. You don't know how many pastors quit every Sunday night only to try it again Monday morning. You know what I'm talking about? We do. That's it. I quit. Lord, I quit. I quit. And then like Jeremiah's like, no, because it's a calling, guys. It's a calling. I, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. It's a calling. But, but what I want you to realize is that it's a high calling, but it's not any other calling that, that God wouldn't have in your life. Okay? So if God calls you into the workplace, if God calls you, that's, that is a super high calling, and you need to do what's right for you. But when you're called in the ministry, you can't shake it. You can't shake it. Right? You ever watch a movie when you were a kid? Do you ever watch a movie and then you wanted to be the main character in the movie? You know, if it was Rocky, you would get up early in the morning and drink raw eggs and go for a run and you were like eight years old, right? And, and you're just like, I'm going to be Rocky. or I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, Lieutenant Mitchell from Top Gun. I'm going to go into the, you know... I'm going to be a fighter pilot. We all wanted that. But what happens? Eventually, <laughs> it was silly, right? When God calls you into whatever ministry you're going to do, you can't shake it. you like, I keep, I remember going to my wife and saying, sweetie, I think I'm calling the ministry. And she said, good luck with that. I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. No, she's like, no, I do understand. Good luck with that. And... This is what Paul is saying. He's saying, I'm called by God. I'm called by God. Who's he writing to? He's writing to the church of God. Okay? Not a label, not a denomination. He's saying, it's God's church. It's located in Corinth. If it was us, it'd be to the church of God in Lubbock. Thank you, Joe. In Lubbock. It's, we're all. Listen, we're all one church. We're all one church. And then Paul writes this, guys, and you need to catch this. Here's, the first, here's their first um, inkling of, gray, of hope and comfort. He goes, what? He says, grace and peace. Grace to you and peace. What do you mean that? Well, here's what we got to get. And I sat there and I meditated on yesterday. You cannot experience the peace of God until you experience his amazing grace. Can we get a louder amen? amen. Here's why. Here's why. We have to check our heart and go, am I really at peace? Am I really at peace? Why? Because if I don't have the peace, then I don't understand his grace. And if I don't understand his grace, then I take the grace of God and I put it right here, and then I come to this side, and then I've got to work. And I've got to do just enough work where I feel like God is satisfied with me and then we can have, no, 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 here's what I want you to do. Guys, if you don't have the peace in your heart, if you're watching online and you don't have the peace of God in your heart, check the grace of God. Go back and study his grace. Go back and study that God saved you not because of who you are, but because of who he is. That God loves you not because of who you are, but because of who he is. And that Jesus died on the cross because, of his, because he's love and he wanted to reconcile us. And 2,000 years ago, Miss Tiffany, he looked across and he said, yes, that's the one. And he goes, why would anybody save Miss Tiffany? Because God is love. Yeah. See, that's where, that's where I fit in. What do you mean? We are misfits. We're broken. We're mess ups. We're messy. And when people tell me that, you know what I do? I agree. L- Lisa, do we agree? Are you a mess-up? Amen. I mean, how could the Apostle Paul goes, I'm a sinner. By the way, I'm the chief of sinners. He's like, I get it. Thank God that Jesus dies for the chief of sinners and the mess-ups. How many of us have it all together? When We got it all together. We got it down. None of us. It's Sunday morning. We're here, and we're just like, man, praise the Lord. I don't know what to do. Thank you, Jesus. And let's be honest, okay? Let's be honest. Let's search our own hearts. When we all get to heaven, and you will, because of Jesus, Amen. we'll be wondering how we got to heaven. I made it. I didn't think I would. Wow. Seriously. You're here? That's awesome, right? Because we really don't think we, get to, we go to heaven. We really don't think so. Because we've been instilled that it's our works that get us to heaven, not God's grace. Anyways, I'm I'm really taking a lot of time, but let's get into some really goodness, okay? Here's the goodness of God. Now, if you're taking note, you really need to jot this down. Why? Because Paul uses the term comfort, or at least its root word, 10 times in these first 11 verses. 10 times he's going to say comfort. And I was like, wow, wow. Okay? And so what he's gonna do in these next verses, guys, he's gonna he's gonna write about his gratitude for God's goodness. You go, how so? Okay. Well, th- Paul begins the letter with the blessing of God rather than his typical thanksgiving. If you look at all his letters, he's like, I wanna thank, I wanna thank, I wanna thank the God, I wanna thank you, God. He's coming out now with with just the blessing. And in this portion of scripture, here's where it's gonna meet the road, here's where we can take it home, okay. He's going to discuss the comfort of God during our sufferings, our stresses. He begins by stating that experience of comfort and suffering enables him to comfort others. That's what he says. Look at verse 3. He said, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation. Why, Paul? That we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. Can I just have your attention for just a moment? Paul starts off by praising the Lord. If you are feeling stressed today, if you are suffering, if you are worrisome, if you are anxious, if you are depressed, start by praising the Lord. Just take a moment, get with God and just praise him. Some of us do prayer walks where we walk around the park or whatever. We just praise God. Just praise praise the Lord, praise God. I praise sing, sing and pray. This is what Paul does. Why? Because he is the God of all comfort. How does he comfort us? He comforts us in tribulations and troubles with his Holy Spirit. Everybody say how? With his Holy Spirit. Okay? Well, what do you mean, Ben? Guys, look at verse 3. Look at verse 3. Paul said, blessed be the God, right, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies, the God of all, what's that word? Comfort. Okay? Now, here's what I want to show you. If you're taking notes, the Greek word is paraklesis, okay? And we, we have the root word as and And basically what it is, it's the Holy Spirit coming alongside us. It's the comfortos to bring comfort. So what God is going to do is he looks at your stress. He looks at your circumstances. He looks at what's going on in your life. And he sends the Holy Spirit so that you can have comfort. That's the word. That's the word. Okay, The Holy Spirit. So here's the thing, guys. Ready? In our world, whether COVID-19 or something else, remember that God the Father, he's going to bring comfort in a crazy world. Man, this is good. Man, this is good. Here's what I want you to think about it. The one thing we need right now is peace and comfort. Here's what we're thinking, man, I just wish things would go back to normal. No, what we really need is we need peace and comfort during the storm. We need to stand out on, uh, 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 in the storm and just be like, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. My God is so much bigger than this. Yeah, bro, but what if you die? For me to live is Christ to die is gain. Amen. Amen. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. Come on. Yeah, but what if you get sick? Man, I'll witness to the nurses. What if I don't get sick? I'll witness to the nurses. Do you guys see what I'm saying? For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Okay? And here's what God's gonna do. Okay? He's getting ready to come for his bride. And what he said, he says, he says, Listen, I've got to clean up, I gotta clean up the church. There's gonna be some folks that are tares in the church. They're not wheat. They look like wheat, but they're not wheat. I gotta get them out. And I'm gonna come for a, a bride without spot or wrinkle. Are you ready? Now here's what we're saying. Some of us think, well, what should I do? What should I do? What, what should we do, Tiffany? We should plan our lives like he's not coming back for 100 years, but we live our lives like he's coming back in the next five seconds. Amen. Amen. Man, we, that, that'll bring peace, right? OK? Because we got Jasper. Jasper's going to grow up. we got a little Jasper, Jasper. Uh, we got to dedicate Jasper too, by the way, so y'all need to come to church because we're going to dedicate Jas- Jasper pretty soon. But here's the thing. Why are we going to dedicate him? Because we're going to plan our lives like he's not coming back for 100 years. Yeah. Jasper's going to grow up. He's got to go to college. He's got he's to give Adam gray hair like most kids do. I mean, that's good. he's got to do. But they're going to live their lives at their home, at their jobs, like Jesus is coming back right now. Guys, it's not an act, right? It's not an act. Alex, you don't act like a Christian. That's good, because God's not looking for actors. He's looking for people in their heart, right? Amen. Amen. So we need, some, we need some peace and comfort. We need, we need him to come alongside. We need some encouragement, right? So what's the first thing we do? Becky, praise him. I'll praise you in the storm, right? Praise him. That's the hardest thing to do. Listen, I love to get on top of the mountaintop, praise the Lord, this is the mountain. But praising him in the valley, man, that's hard. Praise him when when your world is falling apart, that's hard. But that's where character comes in, Joe. That's where we go, I praise him in the valley. Job said, how can I praise him when things go good, but not when things go bad? How how can I praise him when, when, man, all my bills are paid, I got it made in the shade, right? Or when, man, I don't know when, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. What's the reason? What's the reason? Verse 5, he says, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abound through Christ. We have to see saying, you guys ready? Check this out. We have plenty of hard times that come from following Jesus. Can I get an amen? Do you know what I'm talking about? We have plenty of hard times. And it's the crazy. Nobody gave me an amen on that. Okay, thank you. I I just wonder if you're all asleep right now, okay? We'll have, y'all are thinking, yeah, we have plenty of hard, we are. Because you follow Jesus, you're going to have hard times. You will. You will. People are not going to like you. What? I want everybody to like me. They're not going to like you. Not everybody's going to like you. But what Paul says here is, man, you're going to have plenty of hard times. And they go, yeah. He says, but we'll also have good times when he comes alongside us to bring us comfort and encouragement. You know those moments you have with family and friends that we all take for granted? Yeah, we're just hanging out. I don't know how this happened, but we're all together. You know how that... Those are the good times. Those are the good times when he's saying, Man, we have encouragement. Have you ever been super down, super bummed, and God sends somebody and just encourages you, and they don't even know you're down? They don't even know you're bummed. They're just like, Hey. And you're just like, Wow. Wow. See, he's encouraging us right now. There's a hymn. Let me see if I can find it here. There's a hymn, guys, that, that I love. And uh, let me read you the lyrics, okay, in the hard times. It's a hymn. Sometimes the day seems long and our trail's hard to bear. We are tempted to complain, to murmur and despair, but Christ will soon appear to catch his bright away all tears forever over in God's eternal day. And the chorus goes like this. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life trials will seem so small when we see Christ. Listen to this. One glimpse of his dear face all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. It's gonna, listen, this, this, these things that we go through right now, the, the little heartaches and the suffering, it's going to be worth it when we see, when we see that. And this is what Paul writes. Paul writes, guys, in, in chapter 4, verse 15, listen to this. He says, all of this is for your benefit, and God's grace reaches more and more people. There will be a great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. Okay, stop. Lay your attention, please. What happened to Paul? I want to know what happened to Paul. What do you mean? Something changed inside him when he met Jesus face to face. He was transformed. That he is all about people. There's something, and I want that gospel. Do you understand? I want the I want Paul's because he goes. Listen, all the suffering is for you. It's for you. He says, "Why? Because as you see God's grace in my life through suffering." He said, "Man, you'll give praise to God." I've never seen that more real than when I saw Nathalie go through cancer. There she is, hooked up to chemo, walking down the halls ministering to people. The nurse had to say, Get in the chair. Well, hold on. Can I pray for you? I'm just like, Man. But she was showing God's grace, and people would ask her, She'd be flat on her back, guys, so tired. She, How are you doing? I'm okay. It's a little tired. This is what Paul says. Paul says that. Look at verse six, guys. Now, if we are afflicted, it's for your consolation. That's another word for comfort and salvation, which is effective for enduring some of the sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we're comforted, it's for your comfort and salvation. Our hope is For you is steadfast. Why? Because we know that as you are partakers of the suffering, you will also be partakers of his his consolation. But the root word is comfort. Okay? So he says, listen, I love this word. Why? Because here's what Paul teaches. Paul teaches us that if we suffer for Jesus, it works out for your comfort and your salvation. And if we're treated and helped along the way, we're encouraged in that help as well. Guys, when we suffer, it benefits both you and us during this hard times. This is that's what it's about. Now, listen. Nobody gets up and buys the T-shirt and says, "Hey, I want to suffer today." We don't want to. Su- we don't like suffering. We don't want to go through hard times. I don't. I don't. I don't want tribulation. But I know that that I live in the real world and things are going to happen. But I want to glorify God in that because I know somebody's watching. saying, wow, wow. Guys, think about it. Our hope, guys, he says, our hope in you is never shaken because we know that you're going to share the same sufferings and you also share and the help we receive. As a matter of fact, in Paul writing to the Romans, he says this, Romans chapter 8, verse 17. He says, and since we are children, we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together in Christ, we are heirs of God of glory. And everybody goes, amen. But he says, if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. That really blows holes in the prosperity gospel, doesn't it? Because, because there's a gospel that goes around and says, you give your life to Jesus, everything's going to be great. You're going to be rich, healthy, wealthy. Man, it's going to be amazing. Give your life to the Lord right now. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it right now. But Paul says, listen, here's the thing. There's going to be some sufferings. And here's what scares me, if I can be honest. If we use that gospel and we say, hey, listen, if, if you want your life to be just awesome and, and, and amazing, and give your life to him. Go ahead. Give your life to him. Okay, pray this prayer. Okay, you're saved. And then what happens is if they go through a rough patch because, you know, the enemy goes after them, They go, hey, what gives? You told me that if I give my life to the Lord, that I get my marriage back, my dog back, all of the things that I lost. I mean, I'd have all of this back, and now I don't have it. So guess what they do? They leave Jesus. They say, "You, you gave me false information. Let's just tell them the truth. Listen, here's what you get. You get Jesus, and he is enough. You get Jesus, and he is enough. Over here, look, guys, look. He says in verse 7, and our hope, everybody see that? For you is steadfast. The word hope, I love the Greek word in this because it really pops here, guys. The Greek word here is elpis, E-L-P-I-S, and it refers to a confident expectation of deliverance. That's our hope, that God is going to deliver you. He's going to see you through this. Here's what I want you to see. You're going to make it. You're going to get to the other side. Quit listening to the devil. Quit listening to the lies. Quit listening to this. You're going to make it. Now, you may have to crawl there, but I guarantee you're going to make it. That's the hope we have in Jesus. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. That's the hope. It indicates a firm trust that God will fulfill his promises. Okay, what's his promise? You know what promise I love? He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be, right? I'm still under construction. Adam, you still under construction? You got it all together, bro. Because if you don't, you come up here, bro, and you teach. Because, I mean, I'm telling you, right? Jesse, you got it all together? Huh? Right, Paul? Paul's got it, man, yeah. No, we're all under construction. He's working on us. He's working And all of a sudden, when you think you're, hey, I'm doing pretty good, I'm doing pretty good, he shows me another layer, and I'm like, oh, (laughs) Oh, that layer stunk,
0: wow,
1: hope, hope, guys, we can have comfort. From God, the God of comfort. Peace from the Prince of Peace, Jesus. Hope through the Holy Spirit provided an assurance that we're going to make it. Encouragement in the midst of suffering is for all. And our purpose, our purpose, guys, is so that we can encourage others. Now, Paul's going to get deep, guys. He's going he's to get deep in these final verses. Look, look at verse 8, okay? He says, For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. We've heard that term before. You know what it is, okay? We don't want you to be unaware. If our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we might be burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we even, what we despaired even in life. This is Paul. What's he saying? Now, catch this. He says, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, and Paul doesn't give us details, but it seems like the church already knew the trouble he had. But let me give you just some examples, right? It, we, we, we talked about the dangers in in chapter 11, right? All of the stuff being shipwrecked, prisoned, beaten, right? Acts chapter 19, he talks about mob violence, and then maybe some serious illness. Why? Because here's what he writes. Notice what he says. He says, because we despaired even in life. We despaired even in life. This is what a lot of people are right now, guys. They're really thinking, man, that's why, that's why the suicide hotline is up 800% because people are despaired in life. This is why we're going to the liquor store because we're despaired in life and we're trying, to, we're trying to numb the fact that we have no clue what's going to happen tomorrow and we have no hope and we need to, we need to numb that. We need to numb that. And then what our government does, he says, let's let all the kids stay home and so we don't know how to handle our kids. And so that's why child abuse is high. What we need is Jesus. We need, we need to have what he's going to say. And you go, what's that? It's found in this next verse, guys. It's found in these next couple of verses. Why? Because in verse 9, he says, yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we could not trust in ourselves, but the God who raises the dead. Now, I want you to catch that, right? Right. Because it's almost like Paul is talking to you and I. Why? He said, we felt like, we felt like. We had been sent to death row, and it was all over for us. But here's what he says. We know how that feels. We know how that feels, right? And he says this. He says, but it, but it turned out it was the best thing that could have ever happened. Why? Why? Because it forced us to trust God totally and not in ourselves. Jasper's going to ask you 20 years from now, tell us about the great toilet paper shortage of 2020. Right? And you're going to say, you know what we had to do? I don't even want to tell you what we had to do. We had to go out to the lawn. That's how bad it was. Right? Uphill both ways. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, okay? He's going to ask you. But you know what you can tell him? You can tell him it was the best thing that happened to us. And you say, why? Because God showed us that we don't need to trust God. In governments, we don't need to trust in ourselves. We needed to trust in him. And you know what that did? It brought us closer. It brought us closer. Guys, the world is stressed out right now, isn't it? Isn't this what Paul wrote to Timothy? He says, in the last days, perilous times will come. You know what the word perilous means? Stressful times. Okay, up until March, we had no idea what stressful... I mean, we're stressed at our jobs. You know, it's like, oh, my job, my boss is on my case. Now, this is like a worldwide stress. This is like... If you've ever cooked any food in a pressure cooker, you know what I'm talking about. The world feels like a pressure cooker. We're like... That's old school pressure cooker, by the way. Now, they have the Instapots. They don't even make that noise anymore. Old school pressure cookers used to blow up and beans would go everywhere. Am I right, Rosa? Yeah, see, She knows. She knows, and then you'd be cleaning babies. So How did those get you? Anyways, I, I digress. Sorry, 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 sorry. But it forced us to trust God and not... This is what Paul says. So here's the question I've got, okay? So what do we do during this time? What do we do? You ready? Jot this down. Believe that God is faithful to deliver you. Believe it. How so? Look at verse 10. He writes it. He says, who delivered us from... So great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will deliver us. Do you guys see it? Everybody see it on the book? You guys see it? You got to see it. You got to see, you got to highlight it. You got to write it down. Underline that, Alex. I'm telling you, this is good. Why? Because what he's told us right there is he, we have to believe that he'll deliver us. Right? How so? Well, first and foremost, he said he delivered us. That's past tense. He has delivered us. Do you guys look how many times that God saved you, delivered you? But how many times God has been good to you? And then he says, and he does deliver us. That's what? That's present tense. He's doing it right now. He's doing it right now. He's delivering us. He's delivering us. And he goes, and he still, what? Deliver us. That's future. And the question is, do you believe? Do you believe he'll deliver you? We, we got to do the Holy Ghost jig then, the dance then, because if he's delivering us, man, we're, we're just, this is, this is we got to go out of here going, amen, I believe it. I I believe it. I believe it. He will deliver us guys. He's going to offer peace and comfort. Now, as we close, as we close, okay, we've run out of time, um, but let's close with verse 11. You guys with me? Okay. Verse 11 says, "You also helping together in prayer for us." that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many, okay? In other words, Paul got just this amazing good report from Titus. Titus comes in and says, dude, listen, they, they repented. They repented, yes. Not all of them broke, but but most of them did. And, and, and Paul's heart's like, yes, that's what I wanted. I didn't want to be just be like beating them with the letter, you know? I was like, you go, sir. He said, man, most of them heard, oh, Paul the apostle, beat him. And he says, now here's what I want to do. I want to encourage you all. He says, let me exhort you to pray. That's what Paul's saying. Okay. Because Paul always had a great confidence in prayer. He always did. Prayer. How many of you ever feel like you're praying all the time? Like, you're praying all the time, praying without ceasing. Like, you're not even really, like, you're not going, okay, bow your heads, Lord Jesus, I pray. How many of you watching feel like that, right? But, but here's the thing, here's the thing. It seems like we're constantly just praying. We're just praying. And we're driving down, Lord, and you just thought, Lord, help me today, and if there's anybody, and then you go until you do whatever you need to do, and you're just constantly, it's just that, that's what praying without, pray, pray without ceasing means. It's just you're constantly thinking, and you're just talking to God. Wouldn't it be cool if Christians looked like a bunch of weirdos? You go, what do you mean? Because we're always prayed. We're just talking. Bro, who are you talking to? I'm talking to God. Where is he? He's all over here. Right? We do this. We do this in the car, don't we, when we're singing? And then, and then somebody looks over and you're just like, right? And they're just like, whoa, she's really good. She's really happy. Right? Let's do this. Let's do this, okay? Next time you pull up to a light, just be like this. Just praise the Lord. Just be praying. And then kind of peek and see if the people next to are going to be like, <laughs> and just give them the thumbs up. That'd be cool. Wouldn't that be cool? But that's what I'm saying, guys. Paul says he, he, he's praying. We're praying. We feel like we're constantly praying. Jesus told us pray without ceasing. As a matter of fact, he writes in Romans chapter 15, verse 30. He says, "Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ, and through the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me." Hey, let me ask you this. Can I count on you, church, to pray? To pray for each other, to pray for me, to pray for our church? We need to pray. We need to pray. We need to ask God what he's doing and follow him. As we as we wrap this up, listen, today, whether you're watching online or you're listening by podcast, or maybe it's on the radio, listen, if you're needing comfort today, see you might be the one with cancer. Or COVID-19 has stressed you out. Or you're mourning the death of a parent that you miss dearly. Or maybe it's a child. Or maybe it's a brother. Maybe you're just worried. Guys, if if you are to drink deep in God's holy word, he is the God of comfort. And let me say this to you. Believe that he'll deliver you. Trust his word when I say he's going to see you through. He's going to make You're going to make it. He's going to come. He's already sent his Holy Spirit to comfort you. So if you need comfort today, If you're here today, and you're doing well, can I ask you this? Would you be the seventh friend in our poem? Would you have a heart of Jesus and bring comfort and peace and encouragement and love to those who need it? You know, Ben, I'm doing great, man. Things are good. I'm doing great. Uh, I I never missed work. We still have money. We've got food. Then be the seventh friend because there are people that need you to come hold their hand and say, I'm here. You don't understand. I don't understand, but I'm here. I'm going to walk through this with you. That's what we need. We need to be seventh friend people with the heart of Jesus. People are hurting, and you have been given the gift to help heal and encourage Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word, God, the truth in your word. We thank you, God, that you bring peace and comfort. And I never want to leave a broadcast or a service, God, without inviting people to the Prince of Peace. And I pray right now for your Holy Spirit to move. With every eye closed and every head bowed, how many of you, under the power of the Holy Spirit, would feel the conviction that God has been speaking to you and you need to give your life to Jesus? How many of you would say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm right with God. I, you were saying some things and I don't even have that peace that you're talking about. And you said that, that Paul found it in Jesus and you found it in Jesus and, 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 and I don't have Jesus I've never had a re- I've I've gone to church my whole life but I've never had a relationship with Jesus. How many of you today would say, "Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to give my life to Jesus." All you have to do is just lift up your hand here today. It's between you and God. If you're watching online, maybe God is speaking to you and you're saying the same thing, "I need Jesus in my life." And he's inviting you into his family. Today is the day of salvation. Guys, will you open up your heart, invite him inside? Lord, confess and repent and invite him. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. I believe in you. I'm going to follow you. And if you've done that with all of your heart, just pray to him. Just pray in your own words. There's no magic formula. Just pray. We'd like to know about it. So if you can drop us a comment or send us an email, we'd love to. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We look forward to this book and how deep it is. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship the Lord, guys.
0: Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.